Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, your mama and me RD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and intuitive eaters. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it, but honestly, the 30 seconds Instagram gave me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, and fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short, but I plan on answering your actual real-life questions using your examples. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. All right. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to my podcast, Nutrition for Littles. I'm so excited you're here. Today, I'm doing something a little bit different. And in honor of World Breastfeeding Week, I am going to share my breastfeeding journey with you or journeys. I don't know. Which one is it? (laughs) With both my children. Um, So I'm going to get into a little bit more of the personal side of things and let you know what it was like for me. So first and foremost, I just want to say that mama, I support you and I see you and I hear from you. And I know that not all moms are able to breastfeed and not all moms choose to breastfeed. And regardless of how you feed your baby, I support you. I love you. And I just know that you are doing the best that you can and you are making the best choices for you and for baby. And honestly, when you're making the best choices for you and yourself and taking care of your mental health and physical health, that is the best thing you can do for your baby. So I just want to put that out there and I want you to click in my show notes to read more about my stance on this and kind of where I put my flag in the ground on this week um, because I made it really clear in that Instagram post. And I think I think a lot of moms have resonated with it. I've received so many DMs and messages and comments just mamas spilling their heartache to me and letting me know that that post made them feel seen and heard and understood. So I want you to check out that post. If you haven't seen it already, I will link it below in the show notes for you. But I just want to be super sensitive, especially, well, not especially, to all moms, to all moms listening to the story. We all have our struggles in all arenas of parenting, and a lot of those struggles come in the form of eating and feeding our kids, which is why I have this podcast to begin with. So I am going to share with you some of my wins and some of my struggles through my breastfeeding journeys and some of my thoughts and feelings around it. If you feel like this episode might trigger something in you to make you feel less than or icky or uncomfortable or sad, please skip it. Please just skip it. It, I give you permission to turn it off right now and listen to something else. Come back next week. This is the only episode I'm doing about this, but I just encourage you to really protect your heart and your mental health. And if this is something that you feel like you are not in a place to listen to, I am totally cool with you skipping it. I completely understand. And just another reminder, I support however you choose to feed your baby. And as long as you're feeding them, you're doing it right, which is something I say all the time. Okay, so here's just a little bit of my story. But first, I want to share with you 
I guess, what I love about breastfeeding. I actually loved breastfeeding both my kids, not every minute of it, but um, I definitely have enjoyed that bonding and that time that I got to spend with them. And honestly, breast milk has always just amazed me. Like the research that continues to come out around breast milk and what it does for our babies, even just an ounce of either your breast milk or donated breast milk, if you can get your hands on it. Um, I know it's expensive to buy from like the donation banks, but um, you can also do like informal milk sharing, but even just a little bit of breast milk goes a long way. So I'm not going to get into all the benefits of breast milk because that would be an entire episode. And I think that information is readily available to you. And I think here in the U.S. we have done a really great job of trying to push that education maybe to a fault where that's all people talk about and all people that celebrate. But um, I do know that that's something that the U.S. has been focused on to get more babies back to the breast. So that being said, I wanted to share with you my favorite part about breast milk, and that is that it changes. It constantly changes with your baby. So not only does it change in consistency for your little one, like literally throughout the day, it will have different protein, carbohydrate, and fat mixtures within the milk based on your baby and how they're growing and developing throughout the day. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, six nursing times a day, whatever you're doing, it actually is a little bit different each time. And also it's changing the antibodies that you're passing to your baby. So this kind of comes into my story a little bit, but um, I just think that's incredibly crazy that our body can pick up an illness that our little one is fighting make breast milk to then offer some more immunity and support for that little one while they're fighting the illness. And I just think that's incredible and something that you can't replicate anywhere else in life. So I just think that's really incredible. It always amazes me. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, I've got two little ones. Um, I have a son who is a four and a half years old and a daughter who just turned one literally just turned one. So um, I'm going to share a little bit about both their stories. So we'll start with my son. Um, I nursed him for 15 months total until he weaned himself. Basically at 15 months, I was like begging for it not to end. And he was just like, mom, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Like, Please stop putting this thing in my face. And that's when I decided it was time. Um, So I actually ended up having a C-section with him after 72 hours of laboring. It was a long labor and it ended in a C-section, but that's a story for another day. And I think I was kind of like taught this and given this information that it was going to be harder for me to breastfeed if I had a C-section. Now, I'm not going to claim to know like all the research around it because it's definitely not my expertise. And I know that this definitely can be true for a lot of women. However, that wasn't my experience. But in my head, I was so nervous about getting a C-section because I was worried about the breastfeeding component. When in reality, he latched. So I went to a like baby-friendly hospital. So C-section, they still did like skin-to-skin right there in the OR, which is so crazy. And in the recovery room, I was wheeled in there with him in my arms, and um, he latched within 30 minutes of being born. And he latched beautifully. It was really an amazing experience. The nurse was actually like super surprised at how well I got him to latch. And I think that goes back to my training. So in my schooling, I spent my, like I got to choose what I did for an entire week um, of my rotation. And I chose to go work at a, um, a breastfeeding coordination 
or a breastfeeding lactation consultant. They were like an independent contractor. Anyways, I went and worked with her directly. And so I watched her teach women how to nurse the baby, how to get them to latch. So I learned a lot from them specifically. And so I think that's what really helped me with my son in that um, recovery room to get him to latch. But anyways, so I got him to latch really well. He, you know, he honestly really took to it. He was a really strong nurser. I remember going to uh, support groups every Tuesday. I would go to a support group, a breastfeeding support group, and he would nurse so quickly. And like, so this is kind of like the setup, which kind of sounds really weird, but unless you've been nursing a baby and like need support, um, this might sound super weird to you, but we would all get in a room, sit kind of in a circle and we would all nurse our babies. <laughs> and the lactation consultant would offer you to do like a weigh-in before and a weigh-in after to see how much milk transferred to your baby, um, especially if you were concerned about them not getting enough. Now, this is a little overwhelming for most moms. You do not have to do this, but if there is a concern, they will do this like transfer, um, this weight basically to see how much milk you're transferring. So I remember feeling kind of like, um, what's the word, <laughs> like uh, vulnerable and uncomfortable because he ate really quickly. And the lactation consultant was, although really kind, kind of judgy with me, like there's no way he's getting enough. That was not long enough, yada, yada, yada. So I went back and she did the transfer weight for me. And sure enough, it was plenty of milk that he was getting in one feeding. He was just really fast and really strong and really efficient from a very young age. So honestly, there's part of me that feels kind of guilty with how easy my breastfeeding journey was with him. Like it took me a good six weeks, don't get me wrong, to get like the swing of it and really feel good about it and learn who he was and what his signs of hunger are. But it was relatively easy. I didn't have horribly cracked nipples or bleeding or discomfort. Um, it there wasn't pain really it was just different you know it just felt really different so i kind of felt a little guilty for how easy it was he um took to the bottle right away which was amazing because i actually went back to work full time at when he was 4 months of age and it was great because he took the bottle no problem and i was kind of like you know how moms get when something comes easily to their kid they're like i don't know why everyone makes this such a big deal it's like not a big deal <laughs> that's like how i was in my head now i never said that to anyone but i was like okay, yeah, I guess like for some women, it's hard. Now I had that experience of working in a lactation consultant office. So I've definitely seen some like serious issues arise and was compassionate to those for sure. But it kind of kind of came a little easily to me. And I, <laughs> underneath everything, I think I was kind of like, well, yeah, this makes sense. I've been trained in it. I'm a dietitian. Like it should come a little easier to me, right? Totally not true. So his issues came much later. So around 10 months of age, although the nursing was still just fine. He got so distracted, you guys. He would pull off at a moment's notice. It would be so painful when he just like unlatched himself. <laughs> and so, oh my gosh, I remember how painful it was. Not to mention embarrassing because I was so used to nursing in public or just with family and friends around. And then he would pull off and I would just be totally exposed. And he would be like folding over away from me. It was just a nightmare. And of course, at 10 months of age, if I did try to cover him at all, it was like a straight up no-go. Like, what the heck are you doing? Absolutely not. So I then started to kind of sequester myself and not nurse as much in public because he would just pull off and leave me completely exposed. Now, 
I'm just going to put a little disclaimer here. Of course, I support you no matter how exposed or covered up or whatever you feel comfortable with in public or around people you know and love. It doesn't matter. Nursing is not a like indecent situation. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Now you stay within the level of modesty you want to stay in. For me, it was really uncomfortable to be exposed for sometimes like two, three minutes until he decided he was still hungry. So um, anyways, so I started kind of sequestering myself. Then he continued to get more and more distracted where I had to learn certain ways to keep him interested in the breast. So at 10 months of age, not only did he pull off all the time, but he also started demanding that I would nurse him standing up and then standing up and rocking him. And then he went into a new phase where I had to nurse him while laying down, which can be really difficult when you're, you know, at your in-laws house or at the zoo or wherever you might be. And I just remember feeling kind of alienated. Like I would have to go in a separate room because I was being exposed all the time. And I went in a separate room because he was so distracted. If there was other people or loud noises or TV, there was no way that boy would nurse. So I just had to be alone with him all the time in a separate room anytime I wanted to nurse him. Couldn't put like a blanket over his head, like no way um, to keep him focused or anything. So I kind of started using more and more bottles. And eventually I was just nursing him in the morning and at night and just giving him bottles throughout the day. Or if he woke up in the middle of the night, which was honestly fine. So I would pump at work. Um, I was also an oversupplier, which sounds amazing. And I know it's like, sometimes it's like, I don't know if you guys watch Friends, but it's kind of that idea of like, oh, my 50s are, I have too many 50s for my wallet or whatever that saying is in Friends, or he's like, my gold shoes are too tight. That's kind of, or my diamond shoes are too tight, whatever the quote is. Um, Anyways, being an oversupplier, although sounds like an amazing problem to have, it is. And I do think it's better to, to have that an easier problem to solve or to work with than being an undersupplier, you know, not feeling like you have enough, that brings so much anxiety. But being an oversupplier, not only did I have a huge freezer stash I didn't know what to do with and ended up donating and trying to mix into food and it almost expired, but also I would like choke my son. Like literally he would try to eat and it was like he was drinking from a fire hose. He would choke, he would cough, he would get frustrated with me, he would clamp down really hard. And this is from like a super young age. So I had a lot to monitor with that. His poop turned bright green because I had such a strong flow. It was all the things. And I honestly think it was because I was pumping so rigorously at work. So I would go pump three or four times a day. But when I would pump, I would get I would work while I was doing it. And a lot of times I would get lost in my work and then be like, oh my gosh, I've been pumping for like 28 minutes, like a ridiculous amount of time. And so I think that built up my supply because it's, you know, a supply and demand situation. So anyways, we just had to really work through the regulation, which I never really quite regulated with him because I was working full time and he wasn't nursing quite as often. So we had all these kind of other like behavioral issues and the oversupply and all the things. And it was just like kind of exhausting. So I was ready to wean him at 15 months when he weaned himself. 
But honestly, I was still an emotional wreck when he decided to wean himself. And by that point, I was honestly just like nursing him while he was half asleep or didn't even know I was like necessarily nursing him. And I was kind of like honestly tricking him into nursing while he was asleep. So it was time and we moved on. I was super excited to start my breastfeeding journey with my daughter while I was pregnant. I was so excited because I knew that I was going to be quitting my job, my full-time job and starting up my own business, but also working from home and being a full-time work-from-home mom (laughs) slash also COVID mom. So I don't know what you call that these days, but it was a lot. But I knew that I was just going to be able to nurse her on demand. I didn't have to pump. I hated pumping. Oh my gosh, exclusively pumping mamas. I see you. That's a lot of bottles. (laughs) I mean, I guess formula is too. Honestly, it's all so freaking much. Um, But I hated pumping. I'm I don't know a lot of women that like it. Maybe they do, but I hated it. I just, I felt so not sexy. I felt so uncomfortable. It was not a pleasant experience. It was just, I was like constantly looking at how much milk I was producing. It kind of caused anxiety with me. So I was so looking forward with my daughter to just like nurse on demand. It was going to be no problem. I was an oversupplier with my son. I knew I would have enough milk. It came kind of relatively easy to me, especially at the beginning. So I was just like snap, snap, snap. This is going to be great, right? Like this is how we always think things are going to go. Well, I had my daughter and I was lucky enough to get a successful VBAC, which for those of you who don't know is a vaginal delivery after cesarean. So I was able to have this like vaginal delivery all natural, like I wanted. And I was so excited and so ready to breastfeed. So actually (laughs) I think she latched later than my son did. So with a C-section, he was like on me within 30 minutes of giving birth, like so, so fast at the birth center. And it was fine. It was definitely like still super fast, but it was funny. Like my priorities kind of switched. So at the birth center, I, you're able to get discharged within four hours of birth if like everything's going normally. And I was so focused on like getting out and going home that I was like, checking off the list of what I needed to do to go home. And then I was like, oh yeah, I need to breastfeed, (laughs) you know? And so I think it was still within an hour of when she was born. But um, anyway, so it just, you know, it just was a little bit different with the second one. My priorities were just shifted a little bit, but it it turned out great. She was rooting on my husband, actually. Um, She rooted on me a little bit when she was first born. But then, you know, as things progressed, he held her and she was rooting so hard. And so we brought her back to me. She latched. It was great. I knew things were going to go perfectly. And we headed home. So right away, I noticed with her that she had a significantly weaker suck than my son. And not like a great deep latch, but it was kind of what was working for us. I didn't really want to mess with it too much. It was what, you know, she seemed comfortable doing. It didn't hurt me. And so I felt like it was going just fine. Now, I know that she had a weaker suck, but that being said my son was just really strong. So I knew that he was eating really quickly and I had this like fast letdown and I would choke him sometimes. And so I didn't really worry about it because I was like, well, this is probably just what it feels like with a normal baby. So we kind of just managed for, I want to say it was like 10 days. Um, You know, I went through like this super big engorgement and trying to regulate and trying to figure things out. And she would just get so sleepy after eating or not even after eating during eating and I would have to like keep her awake and focus her and relatch her and 
It just didn't come as easily with her. But I also didn't think it was going poorly. I was totally like, this is probably what's normal. It's fine. Um, so cocky second mom thought she knew everything. Of course, I absolutely did not. And that weaker suck and poor latch eventually led to a clogged duct. 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 <laughs> and um, I ended up with mastitis. It was miserable, you guys. To anyone who has had mastitis, like, oh my gosh, my thoughts and prayers go out to you. It was horrific. I literally was like in, so I had chills. It was so freaking bad. It was so painful. I had chills all the time. I was in a winter hat with like an extra scarf around me, gloves, a blanket wrapped around and reminder that she was born in August. So it was freaking hot. Like I was, I literally was turned to my husband a few times like, I think I might be dying. Like the death rattle is real. Like what is happening? And um, of course, I knew it was probably mastitis, but I was like super stubborn about it and eventually called my midwife and got on antibiotics. But that clogged duct, duct kept happening. So I tried to figure it out on my own, did all these home remedies, did everything I possibly could that I found online. And finally, I reached out to a friend who had worked with lactation consultant a month before me. She had her baby a month before me at the same birth center. It was pretty cool. And she gave me the recommendation of a lactation consultant in our area who comes to your house like on a moment's notice and helps you. And I finally was like, yes, I need this. I absolutely need this. So I brought her to the house and in under an hour, she had it all figured out and diagnosed and knows exactly how to fix it, had me... What ended up happening was I was like overworking it, over massaging it. It was super inflamed and couldn't come unclogged or whatever was going on in there because it was so inflamed. She had me ice it, take a little cold shower, um, massage it gently. I was massaging it way too rough, like all these different things and ways and positions. She helped me with my latch. We retrained my daughter on how to latch and what's comfortable. She gave me a ton of tips and tricks. I cannot recommend working with a lactation consultant enough. Um, and if you're in the U.S., they are typically covered which, with your HSA if you have one or you can reimburse to insurance. So definitely check that out and work that out with your insurance. But holy heck, I wish I would have started with a lactation consultant the very first time with her. Now remember, I was like a cocky second mom thinking I had it all figured out. So I didn't even think that that was a route I needed to go, but absolutely I did. And once I did, everything got way, way easier. Now with this one, I've been nursing more on the go. So with my first one, it was like, sit down, focus, have my snacks, have my water, relax, just look at him, stroke his face, like all the things I can possibly do while nursing my first one. With my second one, I am on the floor playing with my toddler. I'm buttering toast. I'm walking around, like literally walking while nursing, trying to learn how to feed her in an ergo, like so many things going on with a toddler running around. It was a totally different experience and absolutely what I think led to kind of like the laziness of me not working on her with her latch. So this continued to be a struggle with us of me just kind of like, oh, it's fine for now. Like I'll fix it next time or I'll make it a deeper latch next time. Just for now, I just want to get some food in here, whatever. So eventually I continued to have regulation issues, which you would expect. And I think she wasn't quite getting enough milk. She was growing just fine, but she was eating consistently. Like 
I know that newborns are like every two hours, sometimes even every, you know, 60 minutes. Um, But she had more frequent episodes of cluster feeding than what's like considered normal. And I think this was because I wasn't focused on the latch. So eventually I made it priority and started getting her latched. So everything went swimmingly from there. I regulated way better than I ever did with my son. I don't choke her. I have enough milk, but not too much. I hardly pump. But we hit a streak where we tried to give her a bottle and it was a flat out no go. So with my son, he was kind of forced to take a bottle because I went to work. She had never had to take a bottle because I was nursing her consistently and I was just like, there's no reason. Of course, cocky second mom thinking I shouldn't introduce a bottle too early. And now I wish I would have done it like almost right away. So babies are in fact smart enough to know the difference between a bottle and a nipple. I just assumed they weren't or whatever the case might be. And I just decided I just wanted to nurse her all the time. I didn't want to have to ever pump is probably the truth of it. So the time came where we had a vacation planned when she was six months old. My friend actually planned the vacation. We were just jumping on board. We were super excited about it, left the babies behind and went to Jamaica, literally. So we were planning with my son. I don't think we left him alone. Like, overnight for two full years with my daughter at six months I was like say see if I'm just gonna like leave the country real quick now reminder this is back in January before COVID so um anyways we had this Jamaica planned this Jamaica trip planned but she wasn't taking a bottle (laughs) it was so irritating now she was six months old so I started introducing an open cup a straw cup trying to get her to take from the bottle trying to like use a spoon like all the tips and tricks, and she just flat out refused. So every once in a while, she would take a bottle. Okay, not great, but okay. And right before the trip, and we had like a 24-hour cancellation plan in place just in case, like we'd get our money back. But right before the trip, like two days before, she took a full bottle. And then again, she took a full bottle. So we were like, okay, we're gonna go. we're going to go. We had a few backup plans. I called the doctor. Don't worry. But we had a few backup plans. We were only going to be gone for five days. I was going to wake up a nurser before we left. She had plenty of milk for while I was gone. And we had a few backup plans in place. My Some good friends of mine actually had babies right around the same time and I had them on call to come nurse her if needed. That might sound weird to you, but it was in an emergency situation only. We would use that as a total backup plan like she was getting super dehydrated. But I was pretty confident that without me around, without the option and actually staying at a separate place, like not even in our home, she would take the bottle. So sure enough, we get to Jamaica, not even. We actually were just at the airport and sure enough, she took an entire bottle. So um, we knew that it was pretty safe to get on that flight and make the trip to Jamaica. And while we were there, she took a bottle swimmingly. and It was amazing. And well, at least I've heard it was amazing. But then I get home and sure enough, She has completely rejected the bottle and honestly has barely taken one since. Like every once in a while, very randomly we'll take it, but we can't figure out why or any rhyme or reason to it. Now she's fully on a straw cup and open cup and doing just fine at a year old. And I'm still home with her all the time. Like hashtag pandemic. Like I'm with her all the time. So I just nurse her. So here we are at a year in. Now, there were some struggles with her a little bit differently. So obviously, at the beginning, some more struggles, taking a bottle, some more struggles. 
Um, but a little bit less of the kind of like demanding how I feed her like my um, son was. And I think that's because I was constantly feeding her in so many different ways. Um, but at 10 months of age, we had a major issue with biting, like beyond Oh, no, I I was just like flat out like, no, we're switching to formula. This is enough. 10 months is long enough. I'm good. Like, I'm over it. She was biting hard. She wouldn't let go. She was drawing blood. I was not okay. I was not okay. So I started every time she started to bite. I had like a few things in place that I had learned online and talked with a friend about who's a lactation consultant. And eventually, after I want to say it was five days, six, maybe six, that she finally stopped biting. And I told my husband right then and there, if she goes through another biting stage, like, absolutely not. We're not doing it. Because she had gotten, she had her teeth in at six months of age. She had um, four teeth come in right away. And now she's up to seven teeth as a one-year-old. So it's pretty quick for teething. A lot of babies maybe don't even get teeth till a year old. So she had like all these freaking teeth and were biting me. And it was just like, not okay. So I was right then and there ready to wean at 10 months. This is not doable for me. Now, she reversed it. And I think with some practice with me, but I definitely think there were a few days she probably just like didn't get enough milk. Now she wouldn't bite me in the middle of the night. So she would of course wake up in the middle of the night hungry because she didn't get enough milk during the day because I would cut her off if she was biting. And so now we're kind of dealing with some sleep struggles, trying to reverse some of that like middle of the night waking that she wasn't doing prior to her biting. Anyways, it's all just a battle. It's consistently learning your kids and adjusting consistently. Um, With my son, my goal was to breastfeed for one year. We hit 15 months. I was super proud and happy with that. I felt really good about it. Um, With my daughter, my original goal was two years. Now my goal was one year, <laughs> and especially with the with the biting. I was like, nope, we're not going to make it. Um, somehow we have, we've overcome the biting, but I will tell you if she does that again, it's over. Um, so now we're at a year and I'm kind of playing with this idea of having a goal of two years, but there's part of me that's just like, when she's done, I'm done. You know, I think I'll be more mentally prepared for it. So we will see how that goes, but... Yeah, that was kind of a little bit of, well, a big bit into my breastfeeding journeys with both my kids so far. Um, I will keep you updated on my uh, breastfeeding journey with my daughter and see how long that goes for and just kind of take her lead, honestly. And we haven't introduced whole milk yet, so that's coming here probably in the next week or two. And once we do that, um, I think she might start weaning herself more and more. So we'll kind of see. Anyways, um, thanks for hanging with me with this extra long episode for you. I hope you got something out of it. I think the biggest tip I can give to nursing moms or moms who want to breastfeed and have that goal um, is to please hire a lactation consultant or a dietitian who specializes in lactation. Um, It cannot be overstated. It really cannot be overstated. The amount of like... um, the talent that they have and the way that they come across different problems and how they solve it. And my honestly, in in the grand scheme of things, like the problems that I encountered breastfeeding were so minor compared to what other moms have to deal with, like cleft lips, cleft palates, like breathing issues, tongue ties, low tone, other sorts of medical diagnoses. There are so many things that lactation consultants are able to work with. And I would say, even if you're an experienced breastfeeder, even if you've had kids before, even if 
everything's going swimmingly swimmingly right now with your child, please just talk to a lactation consultant. Just one. You just have to have one consult with them um, to make sure you're doing everything right. You don't want to end up with mastitis. You don't want to end up, you know, having to shorten the goal that you had set in mind for breastfeeding because you don't have the support. That's probably my number one tip. Honestly, I wish I would have gotten help earlier or even right at the beginning. So anyways, all that being said, um, I hope you guys got something out of this episode. Thanks for listening to my story. It's kind of fun to recount and see how far I've come. It's a huge accomplishment. It is a lot of work, although breastfeeding, formula feeding, nursing, tube feeding mamas, I see you, exclusively pumping. It's all so much work. Like, I think a lie that we've told each other is like, oh, formula is so much easier or breast milk is or breastfeeding so much easier or (laughs) exclusively pumping is so much easier. Like they all have their pros and cons. They all have the things that are harder or easier about them. So you do what's best for you, mama, like a hundred percent hands down. That's what I believe is do what's best for you. Make an informed decision. Learn all you can about the benefits of both and Um, really make a decision that works best for you and your family and your mental health. You need to protect that mental health because I will tell you with a daughter who would not take a bottle, it felt like a trap. I felt trapped by her. Like, I love her dearly. I'm so grateful she's here, but it honestly, I've never felt more trapped in my life. She was eating every two to two and a half hours and I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't go anywhere. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and here I am 24 seven at her beck and call. It's a lot. It's a lot to be at someone's beck and call all the time. So there's pros and cons to everything, but you need to protect your mental health. And that's where I'm going to wrap it up today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I know this is a longer episode than normal, but I will be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode and I'll keep it short and mom friendly for you. So see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring some peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your hashtag mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on my Instagram at mama and me rd. That's mama dot and dot me underscore rd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have. Email me at alyssa at mama and me rd dot com. Until next week, mamas.